millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Good, good. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. People are never going to know what that two pounds is <laughs> for. The mysterious two pounds. <laughs> what would we spend two pounds on? That, that could become one of those things where... Remember when the Ellis Genge story at Bristol, people would... Whenever people saw Genge us, they do? could... What did Genge do? We said to people, if you ever find us at a bar... We'll tell you the game story. <laughs> if you ever find us at a bar, we'll tell you what that two pounds was for. One of one of my uh, favourite memories in rugby actually is listening, hearing the full story first hand from the um, Bristolians or Bristolians chairman um, when we were down at Northdorf at Sevens. That was it's a hell of a story. Like when you have because <laughs> we knew quite a bit of it. When you have the full first hand detail. Hell of a story. Yeah, well, and this will be new to a lot of people. So let's start the Ellis Genge story all over again. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. If you're out in France for the World Cup, uh, I will be uh, there. You can find me at a bar, and I, I might exchange a, a nice little glass of Prosecco. Or what, what's your, what's your favourite French tipple? Um, I, I, it's funny. Provencal rosé, obviously. Yeah, yeah probably my, my brother was in Provence last week, so I, was, I asked him if he was drinking rosé and perno. Not mixed oh. together, of course, but um, my, I, I like a um, Cremant or a Blanquette, Blanquette de Limou, um, which are two kind of champagne style, but not as yeah. expensive as champagne. I'll, I'll have one of them in exchange for the Ellis Genge story. It's yeah, yes. Same with JB in Dubai at a pool party. Oh, no my doubt. word. <laughs> <laughs> my and Phil... I'm in Boston in a few weeks' time, about, about six weeks' time. So if you if you happen to find me in Boston, unlikely I know, but um, for what do, what do you drink in Boston? What don't they drink in Boston? <laughs> Good question. It's, it gets properly cold there, so they they'll yeah they'll put some away in winter. Yeah, now, you've been all over the country, so you stayed out in London. Yep. You travelled all the way across London because Twickenham's not easy to get to. You've gone all the way back across London, got back on a train, got here. So, presumably, you've had a whale of a time. At the England squad announcement, that's what we're going to talk about on this podcast. Um, uh, my, uh, we, Let's talk about the squad. I'll just talk about the actual occasion. My, yes. my overwhelming feeling is being underwhelmed. Wow. Because uh, I can see that from the squad, but is that 
a reflection of the squad and the day. Well, have you seen any of New Zealand's? No, I can't say I have. Uh, New Zealand announced their squad as well. I've, I've seen the squad. I've not seen how they announced it. I've just seen it written or they, on a They announced text. it in front of a, uh, a bunch of fans, hundreds <clears> of fans, <throat> with various speakers all in... Blacks, all in the, the all black suit mm. with the you know the blazers yeah. with, with the, the ferns yeah and the players were announced one by one in alphabetical order by Richie McCaw mm. after which each player came on to a rapturous applause from the fans and then they went on mm. what happened this morning was that the, we were expecting a, an announcement at 10 a.m. The, mm. the team was announced at 10 a.m. as it but that was just a press release was released to the world just, so just someone hit enter on <laughs> yeah, a correct on a set send of press, I think press this is basically because the times got the scoop yesterday yeah but so the reason I don't think it'd be that is because if you're going to hold a big event you don't just cancel your, your speaker and the fans you don't you know, so no, they must and I have watched the live stream since and for anyone that was watching online it was actually some quite quite good stuff they played their most recent in um, in um, inside line uh, content stuff like that but all of a sudden we got told right oh, actually we're not doing anything in here just go out to the pitch and um, if you want to take a photo of the team getting their team photo done so there was no kind of like oh really Balthwick, here's my team this player this player this player here's my captain there was no, nothing like that he did, they did the press conference afterwards but they, it, I, it, for me I was I don't know what I was expecting and I guess if you were just watching online which the vast majority of people were it was uh, it, 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 it was great but it just um and I wonder if this is just, you know, when you think Steve Borthwick's personality is very understated. Mm. His his squad isn't flashy. And it's very uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. pragmatic. So maybe that's just the brand. Can I speculate fine. on what's going on here? So I think there's a few things going on. So the first thing I think is going on is England, as I mentioned to you upstairs, Tim, they do have a bit of a reputation for being an arrogant nation. And I wouldn't be surprised if they want to play it down. They don't. You know, they don't want to give anyone any sort of I'm like. I have to interrupt you. I just I've poured tea on myself. I haven't. Myself. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Sorry, carry on. Yeah. So I remember eight years ago it was now. I went to the kit launch. Now I get oh the Rob Shaw. Yeah, and it was kit, really good. Kit launch. Like, it was really really good. They had fans there, you know, and maybe that's because Canterbury wanted the song and dance rather than the RFU. And it was a home World Cup. It's a home World Cup. And, and it was... O2 made a big thing of that yeah. because it was a home World Cup. Uh, Beats by Dre made a big thing yep. of it. So we we actually, always back ourselves at home. So there's three things going on, right? So one is um, they don't want to give anyone any ammunition. So it's like, here is, here is our squad, do with it what you want. Number two is... I wonder if it's a reflection of the general malaise around England and the RFU and just how dreadful everything's going there. I mean, you know, the lack of enthusiasm for the game, the community game, for the professional game. I mean, it is in a bit of a dire But then you state. have to lead, don't you, and go, this game's amazing and here's why and look well, how excited sh- we should be. I don't disagree with you, but that's yeah. why the people in charge should not be in charge. I'll put it this way. Yeah. The, the, I have... There are more people that watched my, my five-minute video... Uh, as a reaction to the squad announcement, than watched, than have watched any of the squad announcements on the right? official England channel. That's incredible. Well <laughs> that's incredible. Which is that's not the way. I, I'm not happy about that because I want everyone to be excited. I was there working for Talk Sport, and I don't think. And I took my I took microphones. I took setup. I, I made sure I had a good spot with good Wi-Fi. Nobody wanted to do no, none of the shows 
needed a live hit from me. They just needed me to get some some uh, interview stuff so they could package it up and use it at other times. Mm. Well, so, so I, I think that just speaks to, um, uh, yeah, um, malaise is probably the right word, lack mm. of enthusiasm. But then, if, if you are the England team, you've got to be out there leading. I know. Well, yeah, the RFU have got to be yeah. the ones pushing this. Well, here's the third thing, right? Uh, here's a little bit left field, but I do truly believe this. If New Zealand have got you know, all the fans and all the crowd there, this sounds like a fairly simple thing, doesn't it? You just find rugby fans and they all cheer because they're England fans and they're going to be really passionate. Can you imagine the logistical headache for England? Because they won't just say, let's just invite the fans. It'll have to be a certain type of fan. So they'd have to start... Vet- I mean, what it should be a really simple thing to do. They'd be like, well, have a half of them women. Do, do, do we have a, a quota of Asian people? Can we get the Asians to the front, please? Like, you can just imagine. Have you, so it should be wow. so simple. Have you seen... It would the, just be a nightmare for them. Have you seen the the um, OJ, OJ Simpson um, uh, reconstruction that was on the BBC a few years ago? No. With David Schwimmer playing one of the... He's, he's like the Kardashian dad, I think, yeah. one of the lawyers. Um, and Tra- Travolta's in there, and it's, it's amazing. But what you're describing is like the scene where they are they spend weeks selecting the jury because oh, yeah. both parties want certain individual, certain representative individuals for each side, and they want to make sure that they each get the right selection of individuals. It'll be like that. It'll be it, like it, honestly, you think it's simple for them. They will make it as complex as they possibly can, and in the end, it's just easy not to do anything. Well, let's talk about the actual squad itself. Yes. Come on, then. Well, let's start with the bigger, big, bigger mission. Emissions, I think. Well, do you not think one stands out above all the others? I, th- I think there's two big ones... I think the biggest one is probably Dombrant. Oh, I'd say it's Slade. Well, it's mainly because Dombrant, um, he's the man wearing the shirt. He started every game under um, under Borthwick. Mm. Um, Slade has been a bit hit and miss over the last couple of years. I mean, Dombrant, not saying that Dombrant hasn't been. He's been to two World been. Cups and he's played in the vast majority of games since the last World Cup, including St- under Steve Borthwick. Was yeah. He, is he... Was he Eddie Jones's most used back? Or it, it's wrestling in the times yeah, today. Yeah, I think about that's right. Him being you know utilised an awful lot. Mm. Uh, maybe that's since the last World Cup because George Ford was was the most used player. Yeah. But anyway, so that was definitely a, a headline one. Alex Dombrant as well. Yeah. And Mako Vinopola, We don't know whether that's because he didn't recover fitness or, or whether he was uh, fit but not selected. Yeah, he'd always been in that rehabilitation squ- squad. So, did you get to pose these questions to Steve Porthwick at some point? Uh, no, no. I, I, I spoke to Kevin Simfield, um, and as it was Steve Porthwick's selection, it's you know kind of you can defer to. Oh, it was tough calls, sort of. So, didn't get any specifics on why those particular players. And when Steve Porthwick was asked in the press conference element, it was very generically, "This is a, a World Cup, and we can only pick thirty-three players." So, yeah there are going to be great players that don't get picked. Yeah, you just got to keep on at him, haven't you? Why? 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 <laughs> so he tells you exactly what he's thinking. I don't think he will. No, no. Um, yeah, those are the two big ones. Johnny Hill missing out is not that much of a surprise, but it was only two years ago that he was on Lion, um, which... Yeah. which um, and uh, that year, two years ago, that he won... Um, so, as, as did Slade, won the double. Actually, that is a bit of a surprise for me. 
because I can never get enough of big second rows. Yeah. He's one of the few England second rows who are a big second row. Having having spoken only yesterday about the or the misuse of just attributes based on things like size and height. Second rows are different. <laughs> second rows are different. Second rows are just big. I, I think certainly your tight headlock has to be, which which means you've got well, you've got Chesham and Ribbons, Ribbons, who are the two what, tight heads, let's, let's just rattle through position by position. Cause there's, okay. there's, there's less to say on some of these than others. Uh, loose head prop, uh, we just talked about it. No Mako Vernapola, Bevan Rod in, Marla and Genge. And no Val Rupavaruskin, no Val but he was dropped from the squad a couple Fine. of weeks ago. So no surprises, uh, no uh, shocks. Hooker, massive issue for England. If We'd, something happens to Jamie George in the next three weeks, what do England do? Yes. Jack Walker and Theo Dan have less than an hour of international rugby <laughs> between them. You know, I'm quite excited about that. I know everyone's thinking, oh, well, we need more experience. I, one of the problems with England is they didn't give enough lads a chance. In fact, you've got two fresh lads here, which nobody's got any real knowledge of. Simply Theo Dan, I think, is a great player. I, I'd be quite happy if he goes into battle for England. I think... You can have the occasional inexperienced player, and he's, he's got nothing to lose. Either. No, no I, I know he's got nothing to lose, and I, and I would. Totally, but it would be nice. I, to I, have. I'm excited about players, but it's it's quite interesting that in well, three or four starts that Jack Walker's had under Steve Borthwick, he's only played a, uh, less than half an hour in total. So Steve Borthwick didn't trust him to play more than ten minutes in any given game. Mm. Now he is what looks like the second choice. If anything happens to Jamie, Jamie George, like I say, we're we're inexperienced, and I think the drop off is massive. Yeah, from what we've seen in Theo. Certainly on paper. The, just- Theo Dan has got a lot of positive attributes, but he's enormously inexperienced, and we saw that inexperience uh, against Wales when he came on. I think in his favour, if he's throwing line-outs to, to some of his Saracens buddies, that's going to really, really work well for him. And both, Borthwick has spoke about combinations are important, getting yeah. combinations that play together. Um, and yeah. on, the, on the hookers... So I'm just looking at some of the hookers who've been in the England squad over the past couple of years. Singleton. So you got those three. Cowan Dickey, obviously. Yeah. Blamire, Blamire, who obviously played at the weekend. McGuigan. Yeah. A uh, couple of others. Nick Dolly. Oh, yeah. Who's been injured for a yes. long, long time. Gabriel Ogre uh, and Sam, Sam, Sam Riley was in there. And Tom Dunn. I genuinely do so, not know who Sam Riley is. Who is Sam Riley? He's Quinns, isn't he? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Hooker, hooker is an issue. It, 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 is <laughs> yeah. an, it is a weak area when you compare it to some other nations. And but like, if, if you had Cowan Dickey, if you had Jamie George and yeah. Cowan Dickey plus one, you would feel Hooker is a very strong yeah. position. Cowan Cow Dickey's injured at the minute. If he gets even 70% fit and I re- like a fly half goes down, then Steve Borth will be calling <laughs> Luke Cowan Dickey into the squad. Um, tight head prop... You've got Dang the Cola Bear, <laughs> yeah. Uh, with um, you've got the Stuart, Stuart, Stuart Will, and Sinclair. Yeah, Will Stewart and Sinclair. Stewart is the number one tight head prop now. I think he's ahead of Sinclair. It, uh, it's an interesting one. I'm not. I'm not convinced. I'm not, I'm not convinced. I used to love him. You know, I used to think this is the future of English rugby. He's such a destructive scrimmager, and I've not seen yeah. that same destruction. And for I've years. I loved him because he is. He's the big frame. He's the young, uh, younger. Certainly compared to Dan Cole, um, but I agree with you. I, I, I'm not certain who the one and the two is. I think you're probably right. Yeah. It is Stuart, but the the Dan Cole selection 
is the worry for me. Why but, is, who, who would you pick instead? Oh, no, ask a different question. No, no, no. Who would you pick instead? Because <laughs> we can't, we I, can't go well, into massive yeah. depth on every position. Like, if there's someone that's better than Dan Cole that's available and should be picked, then well, who there is are it? there are players that are better than Dan Cole, right? Who? Depending on what you want, <laughs> right. and, this, and this is and this is what I'm trying to get to, right? Which is, is it a sign that you get your best scrummaging prop, which he probably still is, to be fair to him? At the expense of all the things he does around the field, because he will he will be targeted, is that just a sign that they are not really that comfortable with Stewart's scrimmaging? And that's a concern for me. I think it's less Dan Cole's selection is less about Will Stewart and about the other players that could I, be picked instead of Dan Cole. I tend to agree with that. I, I think he well, is. The, I think he's the third choice. He's trusted to do, do a job if one of the other two goes down to be in the squad. But then it's the and I'm looking at the um, tight heads who've been in the the squad over the past couple of years uh, see if any of these names um, enthuse you Joe Hayes Patrick Schickling whether he's um, eligible or not Trevor, yeah. Trevor Davidson Will yeah. Collier B. Allo was in the squad a couple of not years him. ago Harry Williams uh, Nick Shonut so no yeah, so, I, None of them. no I disagree I actually think all of them would offer something I think all they, all offer they all offer something, but, but offer you can't say bet? any of them st- like head and shoulders. Oh my god, I can't believe that that guy hasn't been picked. Yeah, and this is a problem, right? Because of the multifaceted nature of propping. But what was the game I watched the other day? It was New Zealand, Australia, maybe. Bledisloe I or Bledisloe I? Yeah, I think it's the first Bledisloe. Right. The reason I bring this up is there was not a scrum for the first thirty minutes. So, I would, you know, in that case, I would want Joe Hayes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second rows, I, I see this as two tight headlocks, Dave Ribbons, Ollie Chesham. Correct. Two loose headlocks, Mario Toji, George Martin. You've got to stop there. You've got to stop. We've all got to stop, and we owe an apology to George Martin. George Martin is bigger than Chesham. Is he? He is bigger than Chesham. No, right? he's not. I'm not. I stood next to Ollie Chesham I'm not today. Convinced Ollie Chesham's massive. Let me, let me just tell you now. He right? may be heavier, he's not bigger. Let me tell you right now. Right no, now. No, I, no, no, no. When we spoke about this, I got a phone call from somebody very, very close to both these players, and he said, You are 100% wrong. George Martin's a bigger bloke than Ollie Chesham. I was like, wow. No, he's not. I was like, Yes, he And he said, Yes, he is. But, and this guy sees him all the time. He yeah, sees him all yeah. the time. I know, who you're, I know who called you. No, you don't. You nearly know him. Oh, but okay. <laughs> it's, it's close. You, you want, you, so, George Martin is bigger than Chesham. Okay, so, nevertheless, according, I see him as a loose headlock. According to their official Leicester stats, um, they are the same weight, and Chesham is an inch taller. Which well, means uh, Chesham is. Technically bigger, I, I would say Chesham's bigger. Yeah, I, but I'm, but, I don't see them. But way. it's but it, on that they're basically one A and one yeah, B. Yeah, yeah. like we we to really test this, JB, you are going to go and have to lift. Both have to You're going to have to weigh them both. Yeah, it's uh, the only I, way. I, I I don't think we need to linger on the second rows because that's I'm fine with those selections. So the, sorry, who's the, well, the, the Martin Itoji Ribbons Chesham with Ooh. with the. Martin, I think, will be seen a little bit in the same way that Courtney Laws is, and potentially even Marrow is, that they can play six. They can. Yeah. So, yeah. you got to remember, Marrow also plays a little bit of tight head lock. Um, in fact, quite a lot of tight head lock. And people don't really appreciate this, but if he plays with, Cor- uh, with Courtney, he always plays on the tight head side. Yeah. So yeah he's actually that, phenomenally strong. But that's when you've got to, because um, I think that was one of the England's downfalls in... Um, the 2019 World Cup final that w- that was the lock pairing. Yeah, I don't think Courtney Laws will be a lock. No, I don't. No, not not, not in the Argentina or game or quarter final. 
And he certainly won't be a lock with Itoji unless there are injuries on the park. I think you're right. Uh, back row then, one of the most difficult areas to pick, and so it proved. Uh, the ones you expected to see, Tom Curry. We expected to see um, Lewis Ludlam and, and Courtney Willis. Laws and Jack Willis. Yeah. Like you say, no Alex Dombrandt. No Tom Willis. Billy Vanapola was in, mm. no Tom Willis. But Ben Earl in. Yes, well which, deserved. Which, again, just on this one, Phil's already touched on it. Make it make sense. <laughs> Alex Dombrandt gets every game under Steve Borthwick with the number eight shirt on. Ben Earl, cast adrift. Ben Earl in the World Cup squad. Alex Dombrandt not in. Simply put, Ben Earl's a better player than Alex Dombrandt. There, there's no ifs or buts. See, I, think there's, I, I don't think it's about who's the better player. Okay. I think I, I think we're looking at the whole squad, and we'll get onto this with the back line, there are 19 forwards selected, 14 backs. When I look at the, the England squad, I think Steve Borthwick knows he's starting 15, and beyond that, he if there's any toss-up in a player, he's gone for the one that can play more than one position. Yes. Mm. Yeah, and Don Brandt cannot play anything other than eight. Yeah, I think that's it. And I, so Hang I think on. Billy Van Apolis is... He played is, second row once. He, he played at Cardiff <coughs> Met yeah, second yeah. row. So I think... Billy not been forced in there by no, injury? No, 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 no. Well, he, he yeah. might have. Like Nathan, Nathan Hughes, for example. You wouldn't or choose Brad, to Brad, Shield, Brad Shields. Brad Shields down he? in the second row. So he's... Steve Borthwick's gone. Billy Van is my first choice out and out eight. So, ooh, who are Alex Dombrandt, Ben Earl. Ben Earl can play more than one position. Same Alex Dombrandt, you're gone. I think it's the, I think it's the same. Lewis Ludlam. Lewis Ludlam. Ludlam. Although I think Ludlam probably <coughs> would have been in whatever, but... Um, and probably George Martin. <coughs> probably George Martin, yeah. As well. I, I, sorry. <coughs> I think there's a good chance that we see Lewis Ludlam starting eight. Against I, Chile or Samoa, yeah. No, just starting eight, full stop. Mm. I, I just think there is. I think, they, he's, I, I think Tom Curry might be there before him. <laughs> But I don't. But you, I could. I could easily see who, whoever starts doesn't really matter. But I could easily see a Ludlam Willis Curry back row. Yes, I. I don't, I don't think. It, I don't think it really matters who what shirt any of them wear. So I'm not sure. I say Billy's not done enough. He is a Premiership champion, so you know. And he, he, he's been injured. He's consistently been in the rehabilitation squad. Someone says it really name check. But sorry, go on. Someone says something really interesting. Just going back to Ben Earl. It was one of the commentary teams about how Ben Earl was used by Saracens. And it was, he's most effective as a secondary runner. And what they meant by that, in fact, what they described by it was, you need Billy Vanapola on the field with him to make the first impact and bend the line, and then you utilise Ben Earl. So I wonder how they'll go about bending the line if you've got, I mean, Curry's a great ball carrier, but he's not... Quite a Billy. Willis is not a Billy. I'm going to double down on the point I just made. I I think in Steve Borthwick's mind, Ben Earl is not there to play Argentina or to play Australia or Wales in a quarter final or a semi final. Ben Earl is there as someone that can play six, seven, and eight. And if there's HIAs, the mean a player has to stand down for a week, or injuries, you've got someone that's as, as versatile as they can be. And press, uh, but, um, Steve Borthwick in his press conference used the word flexibility a few times. Yeah, and this is very common with World Cups, isn't it? You always take you know, swing props, or you always take the more flexible team. The re- it's a very the- pragmatic kind of way to assemble a squad. Well, the way I would look at Ben Earl, he is one of the few players that can genuinely, on his own, take over a game. I mean, he can just do everything. He can be in the, in the, in the wide channels. Oh, he can I, be turning I think he's a great balls. So to have him off the bench is just a, a, an awesome option. 
I would, I would look at a way to get Ben Earl starting, I think. That, yeah. So, who, so if, if Lewis Ludlam's your eight, and I think and Ben Earl's in your back row. Who's the third? Who's the third back row? Well, I said I think Lewis Ludlam would start. All oh, right, but I would play Ben Earl over Lewis Ludlam. Okay, or Curry at eight and Earl at seven. It doesn't really matter that much. But I would make sure that I could play Ben Earl, providing I had the ball carriers to dent the line first. Yeah, that's what I'd do. Yeah, mm. cool. Yeah, and you could have Billy or Manu or Genge. You're going to have Genge. Yeah, Genge. You've got Genge, but you can't... I think Sinclair in his prime would have been useful. I think they risk using Genge too much. Um, particularly like at the weekend, I have now watched um, pretty much the whole game, apart from the last five minutes or so. Um, and they did... When, when your only heavy traffic carrier is Genge, mm. he, he gets overused and then he becomes incredibly predictable and incredibly easy to... Uh, not incredibly easy to stop, but he's stoppable. Yeah. It's when you've got multiple options, it well, becomes yeah, more, more difficult. And again, Chesham can get, get over the line a bit. And then you sort of, those, those sort of not second rate, but like 1A carriers, like Tom Curry. Like Tom Curry's a really good carrier. Really he's good not carrier. top, top end. Well, he's just not quite as big as no. some of those he's other big, boys. Though. Yeah, but he's not like Billy's, Billy's 130 kg. Yeah, that is big. That is big. There's not, there's not many... There's not many back rows in the world. Scrum half, then you've already mentioned Alex Mitchell not there. Um, Danny Kerr, Ben Youngs, Jack Van Portfleet. What on earth? We knew exactly what, what was going to happen. Uh, having watched the remainder of the game from the weekend, one of the things, maybe it got a little bit better when Van Portfleet came on, but one of the things that was so noticeable was the, the how many box kicks there were and the overall low quality of the box what? kicks. Genuine question. If you went to England camp, right, if you were in charge of England right now, you said, right, Tim, Phil, go to England right now. You've got eight weeks to watch these players pick scrum halves. Do you think you would end up picking Kerr, Youngs? Uh, do you think they're that far ahead of the competition? No, but no. then... You, every rugby no, mind... No, you mentioned Moneyball on, on yesterday's podcast, and I think, Steve, there's a bit of this going on with Steve Borthwick. And to be fair, with Leicester Tigers, it worked. The, the stat that has been used... I don't think this came from Steve Borthwick, but people have used it, is that he want he 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 will want England to kick a thousand metres in a game of yep. territory. And that is the stats bear this out as well. Teams that kick more win more. That's a really crude statistic, which obviously yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of variables yeah, not accounted yeah. for in that. But if if you just want to take a stat and have people that win a game and who and number of kicks the more a team kicks, the more they win. Did, and I think that's what Steve Borthwick's doing. Does that translate... This general question now, right? Does that correlate with teams that defend more win, win more? Uh, potentially. Potentially? Yeah. Mm, I'd, like, I'd, like to know, I'd like to know the answer to that. I remember reading something... It does God. seem counterintuitive to give away the ball when we talk about yeah. winning the ball back all the time. I remember reading something that... Um, Meters. This is years and years ago. Meters made and defenders beaten only correlated with um, success when they were combined with turnovers. So if you have more turnovers Definitely. and then you make more meters and defenders beaten, you make loads of defenders beaten and um, loads of meters and defenders beaten. But if it's in kind of predictable manners off first phase, second phase, it's far less potent than 
the same number of uh, metres made in defended beaters when you have got a turnover. So there are some stats which are sort of not misunderstood, but sort of bastardised. And one of the ones doing the rounds about six years ago, I won't say now, is that tackle completion was not important for defence, which is obviously nonsense. I mean, you don't need you don't need to be a genius to work. I mean, if you have zero tackle completion, we're going to have a problem, right? So it is important <laughs> up it to a certain level. Yeah, but what yeah. they, but what, by what by that it meant teams that fly up really fast off the line are more likely to miss tackles. <clears throat> Saracens yeah. employed that effectively for quite a long period of time, where they have a really fast defence, miss a couple of tackles, but because they've disrupted the attack enough, the attack gets nowhere and then they're just swamped. Yeah, so they, they, Saracens had a big period where they were very, very successful with like 80 or lower percent tackle. Um, I think they've, I think Saracens have changed their defensive structure, but it's you're obviously right, zero tackles. There has to zero be. Zero tackles... Unless you have, just have the ball and score 150 it, points. It has to zero be tackles over... A problem. 70% say. Like, yeah, 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 below but, but, Whatever but, it is. But between, say, 80 and 90, there may be l- very limited correlation with success. Maybe. And, and well, 95... If you had 100% tackle success, I imagine you would score... You'd concede very few points. Well, it could be that people are running through holes. Yeah, there could be just enormous holes everywhere. Yeah. If you, if you just it's had... Some... If you just had... Uh, 14 or 15 guards and bodyguards never, like Will Griff-John who never missed a tackle yeah yeah but he's never been more than one yard away from out of 52 one yard away from a rook so uh, yeah. on all things lies damn lies and statistics yeah. uh, but there's the scrum halves fly halves Ford Farrell Smith again incredibly predictable yeah. I don't have any issues with that no no, uh, no like problem you've got different options you've got good combinations but the the fact that your probably first choice fly half is also one of your four centres. Well, really. well, yes, exactly. What do we? That is the only logical or one of the logical reads into the fact there are three centres in Steve Borthwick's squad. Wow! Can I just mention something about centres yeah. really quickly? An England centre has just signed for Warrington Wolves. Do you know who it is? An English rugby union centre. Kyle Eastman. Nope. Sam Burgess. Correct. He is going as head coach for 2024. Oh, Sam wow. Burgess is back. Cowhead is back. I'll well, say back. He's never, he was never at Warrington Wolves, but he's back in England. Cowhead's wow. Back. Oh, I'm, I'm still hoping he makes the uh, World Cup as a wild card. Yeah. Wild card outside centre. Awesome. But England have <laughs> three three recognised out and out centres in their squad. Only three Manu Tulangi, Ollie Lawrence. And Joe Marchant. And they're all kind of There's primarily no outside centres. Primarily well. outside centres. I mean, Manu Tulangi's played a couple of years now for sale at inside centre. Ollie Lawrence played this season yeah. at 12 for Bath and effectively for England as well. Ollie Lawrence is a monster. I, an absolute monster. I go Ollie Lawrence and Marchant all day long. I really like the combination of Ollie Lawrence and Marchant. Well, I've just been looking at this. At no, at no point, as I can't find a single occasion where any of those two <laughs> any combination of those two th- of the three England centres have started a game together where in 12 and 13 that's a bad sign it's yeah. never happened yeah. not that I can tell correct me if I'm wrong yeah but, no I, but I, I two, Tuolangi and Lawrence Lawrence and Marchant uh, Tuolangi and Marchant has never big, never started a game a big together big song and dance in the Welsh press a few weeks ago about the fact that Wales had used so many centre combinations and one of the 
most important combinations or your, your centre pairing. Um, yeah, so that's really, really worrying. Do you know a centre pairing that has been used several times by Steve Borthwick, by Eddie Jones, by Stuart Lancaster? Would it be... Farrell Tuolangi. Or in the case of more recently, Farrell Lawrence. Ooh. Farrell Marchant. <laughs> They've all been used. So I think that's the own... To me, that was the, that's the biggest thing. Is I'm not saying it will be against Argentina. Steve Borthwick will line up with Farrell in tw- at 12. I think it will more likely be Tuolangi and Lawrence. However, Ooh, don't like that one. How can you leave Marchant out? Well, I'm looking at the I'm I'm looking at the type of rugby. I think he's going to play, and I think he'll. I think he. I think he could go to Langy Lawrence. Who was 13 for Tigers for the majority? Kelly Porter. Sorry, I think who the who the hell's Kelly Porter? Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's a singer. Yeah. What? Yeah, Kelly, Dan Kelly Guy Porter. Th- yeah, yeah. Or Matt Scott. Yeah, Porter Scott when Kelly Porter. was injured. So I don't know who would who what. So I still I still think in some games, and me and Phil have been saying it for months. Ford Farrell is not done. Yeah. Well, England might be done though. So, it could well be. You know, Ford Farrell might be very much alive and kicking, but it, I don't think it's a good idea. Maybe it will be. Maybe. It, what centre partnership do you pick for Argentina if you had to choose now, Phil? I probably would go um, Farrell Lawrence Marchant. Probably would. Uh, I I really like. I thought Marchant would was one of the best players. His defense was really good, actually. As defense well. really good, and he and was his one attacking of the few, lines are great. Yeah, one of the few. Now, that, no, yeah, maybe yeah, that's because he's running lines off um, Smith. But yeah. a good line is a good line, regardless of who's got the. I love Marchant yeah. just on the field, whether it be wing or else centre. Marchant is ha- very handy to have because he can player. cover all the positions. He's a very handy guy to have on the bench as well. But as is. Someone like Elliot Daly. Oh Christ, Elliot Daly! I don't think he's going to be used as a thirteen in a big game. Oh no, no I don't think he's a thirteen. He's ve- both of those. If you have Marchant and Daly on the on the pitch and or what, on the bench, one of them on the bench, fit, they have so handy. Person who loses out, person, person who loses out is George Ford. That is a fact. Who? He, Mar- if Daly's fit. Daly's fit, yeah. So Farrell and Elliot Daly, when they are, you know. Together and playing well are lethal. I mean, that's like that I do be... think you need another boot and, uh, on the field. Yeah, Daly does does give you that. Daly does give you that and a left yeah. foot. Yeah, and just his attacking prowess and his knowledge of playing with Farrell. I mean, that to me that, that should be England's cornerstone hope. Well, is Elliot Daly so, fit? Well, mm. well, and imagine saying that two years ago, you would have had people. Angry, like Elliot Daly was one of those characters that was uh, England, and I'd say that there's been a massive turnaround in the last six months, and I'm pleased, and I, I'm pleased to say I always loved Owen Farrell, and I've always talked him up. I've always loved Elliot Daly, and I've always talked him up. The the fickle fans that gave Elliot Daly and Owen Farrell so much shit. I don't remember Elliot Daly getting any. He got loads. Do you not remember? When he was being played fullback, you can't have him fullback. We can't have. It was, uh, why is Owen Farrell doing twelve? Why is Elliot Daly fifteen? Uh, uh, but yeah, okay. Owen Farrell, you bang on. Yeah, Elliot Daly was the same, mate. Maybe even worse at one point. Elliot Daly, yes. When he's he was in, I, I only ever remember him being like no, the most sought-after player he, in English rugby. He got completely jettisoned out of the squad. Maybe <clears> he didn't play, didn't play very well, but his 
at times, but he was. He, you've forgotten this. You've, you've erased it from your memory. He got so much crap. I just as remember a the only thing I remember very clearly is like the good stuff, like scoring lions tries and scoring against Wales in the last second. I, every time I, th- oh, I think that, of him, that try where he went round Jonathan Davis. Cuthbert on the left wing yeah. with amazing pass. I think it was a pass from Farrell. Yeah, the harder he tries, the worse it gets. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he was much maligned. Maybe as maybe as like a fullback replacing Mike Brown in a different mould. But I don't remember him. Like I've always thought of him as like the key for England's attack. Really, without him, so it, it it'd will, be difficult. It will be interesting because I, <clears throat> I think, I think in the back three. Moving on to the back three because we're talking Elliot Daly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think two of the spots are sewn up. Watson and Stewart. Watson and Stewart, exactly. I think those two start pretty much regardless. So if they're fit, they start, and then you kind of got one other from Daly, Arundel, Malins, and possibly even Marchant because oh, he can play there. there. Stewart starts at. Stewart Stewart starts at wing. fifteen. And Watson, 15, yeah? and Watson on the wing. I think that's. I think they're <clears> nailed on. <throat> well, bearing in mind what Owen Farrell did to um, Ben Spencer, if he wants Elliot Daly playing, good luck. Good luck, Stewart. So, who, who would get your? If, if we take that assumption, and I, I agree with you, Phil, who would be your third player in the England back three? Maybe, to start against Argentina, maybe Daly for the reasons that you outlined, and then I think it's Daly. Oh, I would pick Daly. So my my because Daly was injured during the Six Nations, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was the uh, he was the best player in the Premiership by For a country mile. First yeah. half of Anthony the season. Watson is well, starting. him and Theo McFarland. Anthony Watson is starting to look like Anthony Anthony Watson when he was really good playing for Leicester. So that's just he he, he stays. Yeah. He's one of the few guys who can be off form. You throw him into an English shirt, and he could well be the best player on the field. So fine, he just starts. He's just an, an international player through and through. A then, test match animal. Oh, yes, that is a great term. A great term to use. The other two for me. Okay, so if I was just picking who I you know, like a dream fantasy type team, going Elliot Daly probably throw an Arundel. Why not? He's just got loads of highlights, scores loads of tries. But reality, the guy who's going to make all the right decisions all of the time is going to be Malins, and it's going to be Daly. So that's where I'd go because I just think Malins might not make something out of nothing. But if there's a right decision to be made, he makes it. Yeah, he just, uh, I guess with him, but maybe because you've got Watson, you can afford that. But maybe with Stewart, I, I just think you need some more raw pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think you need two uh, you two guys with raw pace. And, and, and Malins is a fantastic rugby player. I, he doesn't have sprinter pace. No, but he does have great acceleration and lo- lovely feet. He's, uh, against, against Arenza... Or Colby, or Zamet, yeah, or Corabetti. So he's not going to. He's not going to go round. He's not going to Carreras. He's not going to go around any of those guys. Yeah, he's he, a fantastic rugby player. I'm not knocking. He him. just makes the right decisions, and I think that that, that is his power. I guess it? that that's. Your, do you want someone who's going to play percentages very well, or do you want someone who's going to? Yeah, you have to have Arundel. Have, have if, a if spark. You, if you want the spark, you've got to have Arundel. But you've, you've already got Watson. Maybe but get rid of Watson th- through on Arundel. <laughs> but Bor- Borthwick's not a very sparky guy. No, but he does like Watson. He does love Watson. But Watson, Watson can do both. Now, just back to Stewart, I will give him some credit because I think his attacking running is much maligned. And he actually is pretty decent. He can cut an angle. He's pretty mm. powerful. And it, it helps when you're 6'5 and 100 plus kg. Yeah. But 
one on one defence he has been has been an issue, but you know, everyone's yes, got, no no one's perfect issue. across the board. No but Um hang on, who was perfect? Who who's called Mr Nobody's perfect. Nobody who who, who was nobody? Who's John, John Eel. Uh, John, Eel. John Eels. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nobody. Um yeah, <laughs> I think the big difference is you've got Elliot Daly running from fullback and Owen Farrell will instinctively know where he is, and that's gonna be massive. Yeah. Borthwick said combinations. I I, th- I think that probably is. The back three will probably be Stewart, Watson, Daly to start. Right, here, here's one question though. Stewart goes down injured or gets an HIA. And- if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Can't play in a quarterfinal against Australia, Wales or Fiji. Who's your, who's the number two fullback? Oh, Daly. Daly would be my number one fullback. Probably Daly. Yeah. Anthony yeah. Watson, you, I think he's a better winger than he's a fullback. I think the freedom that he affords him... Um, Allows him to play a bit better, be a bit more dangerous. Mm. So yeah, I'd, I'd have daily. Just remind me the other back three options because I feel just like we've May- just... Malins, Arundel. That's, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, you you kind of got Freddie Stewart, Elliot Daly, Anthony Watson, who c- can all kind of play a bit of fifteen. Then Arundel, who can play fifteen, but Arundel and Malins are your only other two kind of out and out wingers. With March, well, you say out and out wingers. Um, I do believe Mullins has played 10 for Bristol and 15 regularly. In fact, I think he's probably he's more probably than 15. Played, yeah, so you're probably right. All of them are... So you've got five bodies there who are all comfortable playing wing yeah. or 15. Which is, the flexibility. is exactly to your point, Tim. Flexibility. Perhaps Thokken Asinga and... Uh, I think who else? Johnny May, yeah. who lost out. They don't have the f- same flexibility. Maybe Slade too, because the other positions he could play. Fullback. Fly half, don't need. Yeah. Well, yeah, so let's just talk about Slade because I don't think we've actually spoken at all about him yet. Other than it being the biggest or one of the biggest two. So, one of the UK's greatest rugby journalists, um, who will rena- remain nameless, but I'm sure if you listen to the podcast, you'll know who I'm referring to, made the point that 
um, Slade really annoys him because he's never really taken the England game and dominated it. So that's a bit unfair. He, he had one game against Ireland where he was unplayable. In the Aviva, he scored two tries and was man, was man of the match. Was that with Marchant? I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, I think there's probably a point there. And the Times wrote something about him today, which was nothing symbolises England's wasted years more than the lack of a regular position for Henry Slade. I think there's also, also something in that. Because he's had some amazing games for, Ex- for Exeter. He's had some incredible moments. In 2015, when he was in the England squad, he's been to two World Cups, uh, mm. He uh, there was a thought that 10's going to be his position. Exeter thought yeah, that at we the all time. Thought he was he thought that at the time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, is he one of those stories of a, a victim of his own ability? Yeah, I didn't actually didn't realise how old he was. He's, he's 30 years old he's now. He's 30 years old now, which mm. he's done. <laughs> it's such a shame, though. And But here's here's a little side sto- story. Joe Marchant, who has got the spot in the England squad, and fair play and deserves mm. it and happy with that, he can't play for England after the World Cup because he's nope. gone to France. Henry Slade is of an age profile where you imagine he would have had lots of French clubs lining up to sign him, and he stayed at Exeter, presumably, to play to play in a World Cup. And according to Times as well, he, well, they, they think it was a shock. They think he wasn't told. Or he's expecting expecting to go. Maybe he'll get on a plane at some point if someone goes down. But yeah, so the, the, what what's been reported and said is that, and I think some of the coaches have said this in the past is like players know knew what the pecking order was. They knew that things would be upset. But I suppose it's like if you've ever been in a job, you should it should never come as a, if it comes as a, as a surprise that you get sacked from a job, then the boss hasn't done a very good job mm-hmm. because you should have known. It shouldn't come as a total surprise if there's, you're not doing this, you're not doing this, we need to see some improvement in this, let's make a plan to get that better. Um, I, I think the fact that they, they players understood some kind of pecking order, I'm sure there was grey area in the middle where they knew it could go either way and there's high competition. So I'm not saying um, Henry Slade deserved his spot, but the fact it came as such a shock suggests it was a late change. Yeah, yeah it does, it, it does. Um, just think of England's pecking order. Right at the top of the pyramid, they've only got one player, haven't they? Uh, Captain. Yeah, there's only one player at the top of the pyramid. (coughs) It's not like they've got five or six of them. Itoji, you would consider, although he's form as Wayne. Yeah, I'd say ordinarily, historically, Itoji, yes, but I would probably say Um, Ellis Genge would be one of them. Probably, and Jamie George. Jamie George, yeah. So Jamie George, yeah, not the same. It's circumstantial Jamie George. You've got one guy at the top and you've got maybe six guys underneath him. I think think Tom Curry is in that. I think Tom Tom Curry Curry plays. Tom Curry might be. If Tom Curry's fit, Tom Curry plays. Tom Curry, probably Marrow, like you say. Jamie George, circumstances. Yeah. Uh, Ellis Genge. I, I think a lot of people see Stewart, a lot of commentators see Stewart as that position. I'm not 100% convinced he is. I'm not at all. And I, I think he, he does some things very, very well, but uh, I'm not as convinced that he is the... Like, if you listen to comms or read most, not all, but most rugby press, they would suggest that Stewart is absolutely untouchable in that position. I think he's not quite... Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. In fact, I think he's if he's if it's up to me, he'd be on the bench. Simple, simple as that. I I I would start him, but I think he's on the wing though. Yeah. No, I'd I'd start him at fifteen and uh, put Ellie Daly on the wing. 
Well, Daily Watson, I'm I'm happy with. Another that, fact yeah. about this 33-man squad: there are, I think, 16 guys that were in the squad in 2019. 12 of the 15 England players who started the World Cup final are in the squad now, and I think the majority of them will start against Argentina. Mm. <laughs> I don't think that's healthy. Really? No, not really. No. Uh, South Africa are in the same boat. Are they? Pretty yeah, much. But, but yeah, yeah. They, they'll have <coughs> they'll have at least Kits, twelve. Kits off marks, Mbanambi and uh, Malherb. Yeah. Detoy, Etzebeth, Vermeulen, Diego. Yeah. He might not. He might not. Lude might not start. It'll probably be Snayman. Khaleesi if he's fit. Khaleesi if fit. Pollard if fit Pollard if fit maybe Faf Dylan Am Am potentially but if if they get some Colby form. Colby LaRue mm. so it's probably similar actually yeah it's not far yeah, off. I think they need more turnover I, I really do uh, I think the age profile of that team when they went to World Cup was perfect for reaching a World Cup well, well, it was the youngest team that ever reached a World Cup final is that right England four years ago mm. yeah They've not, they've not kicked on much, have they? Well, that's the, <laughs> that's exactly that the, the point I was going to make. Is yeah. They have the same players that got to a World Cup final, but I think you can take each player one by one and, and turn them up a bit, turn them down a bit, but the net effect of that ups and downs would be a, ne- down. a negative, wouldn't it? Yeah, sink the down, cold down. Jamie George hasn't had the well, moments that he had. He's 34, maybe? No, he's not 33. old, surely. 30? I don't know if they're, but oh, that's not the point. But I, like, yeah. individual players might go down a couple of pegs, up a couple of pegs. Um, Thirty-two. But wow. split the difference. But the point 33 is thirty-three during the World Cup. If you had, if you gave a score out of ten for every player in twenty nineteen and a score out of ten for every player now, it, the, the, the cumulative amount of those twelve players is lower than it was. Maru Tony, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Which, and that's and it's interesting to ask why. And also, therefore, if if you accept that that is the case then is it any wonder that the England team haven't been <clears> as good as uh, over the last four years if those players are slowly have declining. not yeah. pushed on? Well, yeah. because imagine where you Im- Think about where you imagine Tom Curry would be four years on from the 2019 World Cup final. You would think he's going to be the best seven in the world. Yes. I mean, he's very good. He's ve- I'm not knocking him. He's very, very good. But he is not what we imagined he would be now, four years ago. on a World 15 team sheet, is he? No. And we w- we would have thought that he would be with four more years. Yeah, he he could still be one of the best sevens in the world. Yeah, but um, you're right, he's not. We we would have thought Maru Itoji would be the best lock in the world and England captain. Yeah, at the next World Cup. Yeah, yes, yeah. you definitely would have thought that. Yeah, global superstar. I mean, he is a global super. Ish. Yeah, as, as, as close as English rugby's got <clears throat> to one. Yeah. 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 This is interesting, though. So, so. What does it tell you about the Eddie Jones reign? Because it was simultaneously very unstable for so many players, but potentially far too stable for a handful of players. Well, so I, yeah. But this is what, I guess, attributing... It's not blame, it's just one of those things. Some players kick on, some players maintain, some players dip off slightly. That's just a natural order of things. So I guess it's trying to... How much do you attribute... It? There will be efforts to try and attribute that to Eddie Jones. Oh, I would. It, it, it may be. It may. I don't think be. Warren Gatland would do it. I blame Stuart Lancaster. Yeah, Sam Burgess has got a hand in this somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Hundred percent. Especially now he's in coaching. Could it be the English system, which kind of? Could it be the decline well, no, I, in friendship? I'm going to go back to the point that I, that I just made because I think there's, there's something in this, which is if you were trying to get into the squad, 
it is so uncertain and it's you know it's so dicey for you but if you are in the squad you were so secure so you had this you know, almost like these dual um atmospheres for the for the people who have made it and the people that are nearly making it and that can't be healthy and that probably does in some parts account for why you've not got fresh blood to take this squad to the next level or just continuously turning them over because people would show up so England camp they use loads of players I mean there's no the, the England camp like just yeah. we listed before some of the hookers and props that have, tighted props that have been in the squad in the past four years or so not good there's, enough not good there's enough. an not enormous enough. number of names there many of whom are just not good enough yeah, we said about Wales didn't we when those Wales players played on Saturday it felt like they were playing for an opportunity to win the shirt whereas the England players were either given basically a thank you and a goodbye <clears> or the opportunity to hang themselves so that was, that was basically how it felt I think that's not necessarily Steve Ball I think that's probably a Steve Borthwick problem now but we started under Eddie Jones I think that's a yeah, yeah I'm going to go with that Here's a question for you. You mentioned Slade scoring two tries against Ireland um, a few years ago. Do you know what year it was? In a win at the Aviva? 2018. I was going to guess 2018. Well, Ireland got a Grand Slam in 2018, and they were unbeaten in 2018. Uh, They were team of the year. When we saw them in Monaco, we saw Johnny Slade. It wasn't earlier than that, then. Was it 2016? When Eddie Jones took over and England got a Grand Slam, was it that year? It was 2019. 2019. It was actually stopping a double Irish Grand Slam. Oh, wow. In, in Dublin. Um, and who was Slade's centre partner? I think it was Marchant. Farrell. Farrell was playing, but Farrell was playing 10. Uh, Slade, 12. Manny, then. I'm, I'm sticking with Marchant. Manu was correct. Uh, it was Manu. And Daly was 15. How is Manu still in the squad? Uh, How is Manu still in the squad? Right. He's been all right. He's been all right. He's been absolutely fine. Yeah. But, you know, you talk about players that you didn't think you'd see again. He makes good coffee, apparently. Well, he does make great coffee. There's no <laughs> two. I just... So does Daly. So does, what, what do they call it? Daly and uh, uh, Jamie George. Uh, Daly Allerjinx. Yeah. I, uh, I I got a bit of coffee goss today. Oh, brilliant. Oh, yeah. we're talking. George Ford fancies himself as the best barista. George I Ford didn't know that. has a coffee shop. He has a coffee shop. Up in Saddleworth. Yeah. Does he? He does. He does. Mm. We so should go and visit that. Yeah. He, he fancies himself as the best barista, um, but he said Manu would uh, argue for that one. Ollie Chesham said those two, but he said Elliot Daly has just perfected the swan latte art. Oh, oh superb. Superb. Very and nice. they have one, they have a coffee machine which travels the world with the England team. Do they? <laughs> we know what it is. Yeah, we know what that setup is. Should have asked. I think Ooh, I, know, yeah. I think I've seen I think I've seen one of the ones that they use because it's in Ellie Daly's room, isn't it? Ben Earl's the best <laughs> golfer. He plays off, off a handicap of two or three. Doesn't really? surprise me. That does not surprise me. Yeah, the slightest. He's also probably the best crossfitter in that squad, and probably the best yeah. table. He's tennis best player. cricketer as well. Of course, he is. Really? Yeah, this does not. And cricket is a big a, a big thing in the England camp at the minute. They'll be playing a lot of cricket in their team camp at Latuke. Do you know who mm. plays a lot of cricket? A lot of cricket. Sale South African contingent and the. Curry boys, Curry boys love them. Oh yeah, oh, because they're great cricketers. <clears throat> I'm trying to think. One, one of them rocked up to a club somewhere in Cheshire and played for like the thirds and scored. So scored a century. Their coach. I might be making this up now. There's some link here. So Mal Loy, who I think was a coach at Derbyshire, 
he was trying to persuade the Currys to become professional cricketers. Really? Yeah, because they are very, very good. Mm. But the, the South Africans, I'm pretty sure John O'Ross has told me that he was a better cricketer than rugby player. <laughs> and, and he loves cricket. The social secretaries of the England team, guess uh, who would you want as this three of them? And I, I found this out today. Ollie Chesham spilled the beans. Um, Ooh, social sex. Genj. Genj, yeah. <laughs> no, no, he won't be. Nice he, he, he's in the pr- formal official leadership, leadership group. group. Yeah. So you, you can't. Oh, okay. Who would be, who's fun? They're all boring. <laughs> um, who, uh, Willis. No, it's... Uh, Will Stewart? No, Jinx and Daly are two of them. Oh, okay. So Elliot Daly and Jamie George. Okay, so Daly still can't drive, can he? He's what? Daly doesn't have a driver's licence. Really? Yeah. He's never got a driver's licence. No, never got a driver's licence. Oh, I'm going to have to ask him about that one so, if I catch up with him. That stacks up. He can drink whenever he wants. <laughs> so that's a good well, they've, they've already ordered, apparently. So And the other one is Ben Earl. Yeah, Ben Earl, I can see. Definitely. So, uh, so the, and they best have all, drinker, best cricketer, best ping pong player. Yeah. Best well, they've already ordered uh, dartboard, pool table, table tennis table, uh, and cricket set. For the for the team hotel, oh, nice. I, w- I will just say we you used to uh, mention JB. Um, who was it that was made captain of the Australia team because he was not Brumbies or uh, Waratahs? Stephen Moore. No, no, no. He was Brumbies, so it was, it was Waratahs dominated, and they had and to, to break up the clique. They put yeah, Stephen Moore as captain, which is I'm sure why. why it's one of the reasons because he was an amazing bloke, an amazing leader. But Rory Best. Yes, to break up the Munster, Leinster, and certainly the Leinster heavy contingent. Would that that social secretary? It's so all social, Saris. It's all Saracens, isn't it? Which is a bit clique driven. Well, Saris do. At least it's not all the Quins boys. Saris do the <laughs> extracurricular stuff particularly well, don't they? They do. They've learnt well. They've learnt from the best. Yeah, which Quins boys? Are, uh, Danny Kerr, Marcus Smith, Danny Jack, Kerr, Joe Marchant, Jack Walker, Marcus Smith, Jack Walker. With respect, I don't want Marcus Smith arranging uh, any of my socials. I've just thought, because I mentioned that there are 12 of the 15 that played in the World Cup final, started the World Cup final mm. for England in the squad. Can you name the three that started the World Cup final in 2019 that are not in the squad? Oh, Johnny yeah. May. Johnny May, correct, is one. Oh, well then. Um, Is it Mako? Did Mako... Uh, yeah, Mac- yeah, Macca wouldn't Macko. Because yeah. like Marla would have been on the bench, right? Yeah, uh, cor- uh, <coughs> yeah, yes, again, yes, yeah. Macko. Uh, Mac- must have been Macko. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. George Cruz. Correct. Cruz, good. Cruz was. God, I wish he was still playing. Oh, no, no, no. Cruz, I think, was on the bench. Oh, it's all- oh he was, because it, it was... Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was uh, Laws and Itoji. So it's not it, Cruz. It just occurred to me, Launchbury's not in the team. No, he's, he's, he's not, not playing in English club. Yeah, he is. He's playing the Harlequins. Harlequins, but he's not been in any of the... He's not been in any of the squads. And he's fit, and I've seen him train. He's looking good. Not made any of the squads, unfortunately. I can't believe that. So if it's not... So... Who else could it have been? Uh, or is there more? I'm just checking. Sorry. Uh, just checking my facts. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So you've got Johnny May. Yeah. That's the, that's Mark the, Wilson. No, that's the... Oh, uh, Underhill. And, you, and you got Mac, you got Mac of Unipolo. The last one was Underhill. Underhill. Oh. So, so the back line was... And if you just changed Freddie Stewart for Johnny May, uh, Ben Youngs, George Ford, Johnny May, or Elliot Daly, let's say, Owen Farrell, Manu Tuolangi, Anthony Watson, 
uh, Eddie, Elliot Daly, Freddie Stewart. You, you could. It's only one change you would in have to make line. to the personnel, and you could you could have a starting back line from 2019. Mm. Do you know what the cruel thing is about that World Cup final? It's like right now when I'm thinking about it, it's so obvious they they they, they were going to lose. They're just not good enough to take on South Africa. But the thing which gave you all the hope was that New Zealand victory. Everyone thought they'd turned the corner. Well, this I, is it. This is the game. Well, I, I, I'm still... grateful for that New Zealand performance because it was it's amazing. The, the New Zealand incredible. performance was amazing. I still think had they have uh, maybe maybe a tighter lock, maybe just tight, a t- well a tighter prop which stayed conscious would be good. T- one one more tighter prop and a tighter lock, and maybe if they picked Charlie Yules as a tight head number eight. Then, yeah, <laughs> then they could have they could have done something against yeah. South Africa. There's more tight ends well, everywhere. Not to go over all ground, but I'm not saying it was his fault. I'm not saying that at all. But if Dan Cole wasn't good enough four, <laughs> four years, years ago, ago, and some people say that was the, that was the change, maybe it wasn't that Dan Cole wasn't good enough. Maybe it was more the fact that missing Kyle Sinclair was too important. But if that was the case four years ago, why do we think it's going to be different four years later? <laughs> uh, we got, we've got to hope that we don't ever play South Africa. Yeah. That's that's the route to winning the World Cup. Let someone else knock them out. Yeah, I'd love Kyle Sinclair to be Kyle Sinclair from four years ago. Mm. That would make such a huge difference to England right now. That would yeah. be... I am Massive. not down on England. I'm going to finish where I finished yesterday. The draw alone gives me so much positivity. Then what about do England. you mean to say? Tim? If they, if it's a big if, if they beat Argentina, in fact, it doesn't even matter if England don't beat Argentina. They're going to win. Wales v Australia in a quarter final. I mean, yeah, well, I'm very happy with that. Tell you what, you take it. I mean, anyone on the other side of the draw, you ask. Scotland, Ireland, South Africa, France, New Zealand. Would they? Would they prefer? Poor Italy. <laughs> Are you not a touch worried though? A touch worried that it's going to be like Leinster reaching a final. So you get out of your easy group. I say easy group. It's not easy because Argentina are good. But say you lose against Argentina, but you you absolutely smash everybody else, which is absolutely on the cards. And then you know, Wales have been in a fight for their life for. The whole group stage, and then you got to meet them. Yeah, um, or Australia. I, I'll, I'll take it. I'm not saying I'm confident England will win. I'm saying that's a matchup that that I think we have a reasonable chance at maybe sneaking into a semi final. And when you go back to 2015, didn't get out of our pool at a home World Cup disaster. Don't remember that. Oh Absolutely. no, I do remember that. I do remember that. 2019, after three years of being one of the best teams in the world, world number one team, in fact, dominating. Winning Grand Slams, Six Nations, world record number of wins, to lose in a World Cup final was seen as disappointment and a failure. And there were and the, the overwhelming feeling coming away from that was, oh, you messed up. Why didn't you play like you did last week against New Zealand in the final? And you made the wrong cho- choices in personnel. The difference now is the, the expectations are so low that a semi final, and if we go out in a semi final to France, well, fine or Ireland alright I can deal with that I couldn't as long as I, I as long as I see you roll the dice a bit if I was in go like, down swinging the only thing I would accept is a World Cup victory well there's 20 teams and only one can win so I'm yeah I'm, but I'm I, 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 I think that's unrealistic completely unrealistic do you say that to your New Zealand friends because they, they and your South African friends because they have one goal in mind they are single minded England, England have one goal in mind but, but, but so would you say but what I'm saying, as, as a fan, in, this, in I, I, if I was in the England camp, yes, I would, I would be having that mentality. As a fan looking at it from the outside, I'm, 
if they get to a semi-final and give a good account of themselves, I'll take that as a positive. I wouldn't. So we, we were discussing on WhatsApp today whether this will be a free hit to Borthwick. As in, he can kind of get away with... I mean, if he loses to Chile, he's got issues. But other than that, um, he, has he got a free hit? Or, if he performs badly in this World Cup, is he at risk of losing his job? And my view is, it should be seen as a free hit. Because I he's, agree. Because he's he's very good coach, um, and he's been given very limited time, been thrown into the deep end at the wrong time. Um, but I don't trust the RFU enough to think that it will be, because so, RFU and the, and the um, English press, I might add, because so, they will turn okay, against Let them. me tell you exactly how this is going to go. All right. So the snake that we know is Bill Sweeney. <laughs> What's going to happen is, hypothetically, if England was got in the group stages, which they're not, so they're quarterfinal, right? Mm-hmm. There will be, well, there's only one man to blame, right? and that's Bill Sweeney. Mm-hmm. The executive is to blame because they made the change too late. They mm-hmm. were too loyal. They made the change too, too late. It is all on them. Mm-hmm. But because they're snakes, they will hold an inquiry or a review, which will be independent. They'll have people less capable than Borthwick assessing Borthwick's opinion. People have never been in that situation, looking at how it went. And then there'll be findings, and they'll just wait a, a little while until it all, all, all blows over. And in that review, one of two things will be there. Keep Borthwick or get rid of Borthwick. But it will mm-hmm. not say get rid of Bill Sweeney. Because <laughs> that is how... More sausage. money for... There'll be... Yeah, there'll be a pay rise for him. Yeah, yeah. There'll be 100% set of pay rise for him. But that is how the world works. I think you are, sadly, 100% accurate in that. Mm. Yes. Uh, now, most importantly, something we've not touched on today, how was the food? Uh, it was it was fine. fine actually, underwhelming. It, under un, underwhelming, but I take that as a good thing because I don't want a loads of money being spent on journalists who are already very what they're pampered. Just when I was having conversations, some of them look, some of them do look well fed. Don't they? <laughs> How are you? Well, just uh, I just want to point out when I go around uh, working on the World Cup in France, I'm going to be staying in a in a camper van. I don't even know where I'll be staying most nights. It'll probably be on the side of a street somewhere. I don't know. I haven't worked. I've worked out one week because I'm so desperate not to stay in Marseille. <laughs> <laughs> I've organised where I'm going to be on the on the times when the when I'm in the vicinity of Marseille. So Stephen Jones had a really odd article a while ago where he's bragging about he goes to watch the games, but then he tells someone else what to write. Well, like dictates it, or yeah, I, I think he called them a copywriter. He said, "I've got two copywriters, and one is called Liz." I think. So, as I understand it, he phones up. I don't know how this works, right? He either phones up or he tells. I'm sure it's Liz. Is that? Is that? How is? I'll, I'll, it's like the weirdest brag. It was the weirdest brag. When I was having conversations, it was it was clear that the the rumours of pr- print journalism dying are. Over, are exaggerated based on the number of journalists, sometimes from the same publication, that are out in front the whole time. I'm not knocking it. Fair play. Amazing work if you can get it, take mm. it. But being flown around up north, south, up, down, hotel, 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 like thousands here's, and thousands of pounds must be being spent. Here's a thought that I had, right? It's a CrossFit thought. Um, that I had about what sport we consume in this country and how effective the coverage must be. But rugby is a sport which is lucky enough to actually get 
journalists writing about it. As you saw today, there were journalists there. This weekend, the CrossFit Games happened. And I don't know what the participation numbers are for CrossFit, but it's getting pretty bloody massive. I don't mainly because of the coverage we give it on this podcast. Yes, mm. yes absolutely. Main, mainly because of that. And I have not found a single article on the BBC or the Times or anything which covered the four days of games. But presumably, it is one of the biggest sporting events in the world this week. And not a single thing. It's and in, in terms of participation in sport, it's enormous. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the money it's, it's starting to generate now, just, again, just it's in stash huge. Just, just yes. money in, in stash. It's an enormous market. The commercial success of CrossFit, I, I, just as a business case study, is incredible. That's like, an interesting thought, yeah. So, like, why is it... So, uh, just to expand on that a little bit, why is it that rugby is suffering so much when they've actually... We say, oh, we need to do a better job of you know, spreading the game. It, well, correlation or causation, I don't know. But the journalists that are covering it, they don't seem to be able to generate the amount of interest or money for the game via their coverage. And some, I don't know why that is. Some would say to, uh, the lack of... To, I, was go- I, I, never, I never, ever say um, free-to-air... Um, TV because the BBC because not free to air. It's not well done. free to air. Yes, I've been telling us for a decade now. So uh, terrestrial, let's let's yeah. say like that. Terrestrial, where you only have to pay your uh, BBC tax. Yes, <laughs> um, but that, people would obviously point to that. No, I guess my, I wonder if actually we've got the relationship the wrong way around. Okay, I wonder if it's the fact that they are there are journalists in rugby that allow you to find the bad news out. I mean, and I'm, by the way, that isn't a bad thing that there's, you know, daylight and disinfectant. Uh, what was it? Disin- daylight uh, is the best daylight disinfectant, is the, yeah. right? Sun, sunlight is the best disinfectant. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad thing. But it might actually be very counterproductive because I have no idea if CrossFit is corrupt. I don't really know if the UFC is corrupt. But those are the two business case studies that I think of, which don't really have much mainstream coverage, but are enormous cash-generating Machines, which and seem to well, increase grown participation. From, they're grown from out of nowhere as well. They've, from out they've of not got 100 plus years of history. Yeah. The flip side would be Dana White, who whenever anyone says about something controversial to in a press conference, he just goes, oh, bugger off. Oh, the best one is, um, he was, was it a racist comment or something? Yeah, it's like, I, yeah. I think I saw the same. It's like, mate, they're gonna, quite recent, that. Yeah, it's yeah. like, mate, they're going to fight each other. Yeah. yeah, they'll they'll sort it out. Yeah. Like, it's a good point, isn't it? It's a it's an absolutely great point. This is probably where it needs to happen. Um, there are some games next week uh, or this week. England Wales, England Wales, aye aye, Twickenham, mm-hmm. France Scotland, aye aye, in Paris, in Saint Etienne, yeah, mm. uh, yeah, Saint Etienne, um, southwest of Lyon. Interesting. Interesting. Um, we then have Georgia Romania in Tbilisi with Wayne Barnes officiating. Excellent. And interesting, we've got uh, Nika Amashukeli. I've probably pronounced that horribly wrong, incorrectly. But the Georgian referee, who's always very good when yeah, I, he's I, very good. Great, yeah. when I see him, he's taking charge of England Wales. Oh, good. Good. Uh, we've got Portugal, United States. Um, Portugal who are. In United States, who are out? United States, who battered Romania on the weekend, by the way. Yeah, I saw that actually. Yeah, absolutely yeah. hammered them. And Chile and Namibia. Um, so not an enormous range of games. No, but there's a few. No. Um, here's here's one for you. I've got the England profiles. We're talking about size and weight. The England profiles up in front of me of George Martin, 
Oh, actually. Yeah. <laughs> George Martin, it doesn't even have any... I was going to ask you the heights and weights of these guys. Uh, England's official prog- profiles, they doesn't even have their heights and weights. Brilliant. What? Well then. Do you know... Oh, there we go. There's ribbon, ribbons. Ribbons. 202 centimetres tall and 120 kg. Well, so I... Took up rowing when I was at university, when I, in the off-season from rugby, I gave it a go, and I, I rowed at Henley with Exeter, and every rower got weighed and your height and weight. I, I when literally you about in. to talk about this now, go on. So mm. I don't understand why every player, when they should be officially, by independent people, get their height and weight. By us. Probably. Yeah, yeah. By, well, by JB, every player at the World <coughs> Cup has to be. Well, <laughs> so, uh, you know, talk about easy wins, right? So yeah. the, the URC have have got like player ratings. So Dion Ferry is like the best player in the URC according to. I, mean, I made I made that up, but like they have like a little game card. You're know, like a top trump, yeah, um, and it just pops up. And like fair play, at least they're thinking about things. You know, how can you get yeah, fine? Easy win. Make the pack of both teams face each other. Before they walk out on, on Weybridges. Oh, Weybridges. It cost like, before, yeah. It, it would cost 50 quid a game. And it would just be awesome to, you know, weighing in at a combined weight of, boom, your sale sharks pack. Yeah, or or yeah. even before they go out to do the warm-up, you, 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 have the, you always have the shot of the two captains doing the toss. No one really cares about that. The, the, the two front fives just standing opposite yeah. each other like a fight. <laughs> or the two front rows, even. Well, you know, like your. Um... If if you just had to have, like, I know it sounds ridiculous. The two front rows. Sorry, guys, you have to spend a minute standing staring at each other, and just that as a spectacle would be yeah. awesome. On 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 scales. On scales. Like, so. like the front row weigh-in should be like a thing which happens in every <laughs> single Premiership ground. It costs you fifty pound a game. Everyone wants to see it. Everyone everyone's excited about it. I mean, you'd be. Just the f- the fact the fans know who's the biggest front row, it's a real thing. People care. Well, people people actually do really care about that stuff. Yeah. Because it's a way of, like, comparing. Exactly. It's, it's an easy thing to compare, and that's what people are interested in doing. And, you know, you imagine you've got a new kid in and he's a little bit light, but then they end, then they end up winning. Like, you, you've got folk stories and yeah. all sorts going on here. And then after a game... Your best, your fastest drinker against their fastest <laughs> yes. drinker. Yes, great idea. Pint race. And the other thing I was thinking, like your press conferences today, Tim, did they have all the players there? Or was it just like Borthwick and Captain? Or? Uh, they had the coaches and then they had a, a few players. I didn't actually uh, go to the press conference because they were being streamed. I thought I could watch that later. I was out down on the touchline and I spoke to uh, Ollie Chess and George Ford, Kevin Sinfield. Um, so there were some players that were just doing the rounds and there was, there was I think it was Ollie Lawrence, Owen Farrell and one other interesting okay yeah because I was going to say the UFC press conferences are much more interesting when they just have everybody on a staggered desk if you like so uh, like the second row is two foot higher than the first row Mm. so on and so forth just have them all there and just ask them questions just ask them all questions well in terms of the weights so I am on the official England profiles of their World Cup squads Uh, Dave Ribbons 202 centimetres tall 121 kg George Martin there is no section to give any weight for, or height for him. It doesn't exist on his official England profile. And Ollie Chesham, it's there. Do you want to know the height and weight of Ollie Chesham and his official England profile? 203. No. Zero, zero. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> Thank you, England Rugby, for doing such a good job. 
Incredible, incredible oh, scenes. It's all right. Is it all right? Why is it all right? This is this is the pr- the day of the right? press yeah. release. The day of the press release. Okay. Yeah, is, yeah, 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 yeah. So can I just tell you, right? I, I have a really good friend. <laughs> um, oh, and, and Ollie Chesson, position not applicable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I have a really good friend, right? And he says he says uh, uh, the following. God knows why he's friends with me, but never, nevertheless. He goes, if they lie about the small things, what about the big things? That's not a lie. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. So no. the principle is, All right. if they don't get that right, yeah, what yeah. else are they not getting right? You yeah. Know, if you if can't the get basics. the most... I mean, what is your product? Your product is big men who play certain... I mean, that's that's so obvious, isn't it? That's their product. Yeah, That's I, all they okay, have to sell. What I will say is on on the website, there's a whole lot of effort that goes into stuff nobody will care about. But that isn't one of the things, is it? That is it. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like the, the, size, stuff- the, the size and weight. If you're going to have a... Se- either, don't have a section, just have his name. But don't have name not applicable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Position <laughs> not applicable. I tell you what, if, if Phil clicks on, like... The safeguarding policy. Well, I'm, I'm of, just on the governance yeah, section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the safeguarding <laughs> policy, bang up to date. The uh, equity and diversity policy, bang up to date. Ollie Chesham's position, not that bothered. What are you selling, boys? What are you selling? It, it is exactly that. On the, on the governance, rules and regulations, safeguarding, betting anti-corruption, anti-doping and illicit drugs, discipline, player agents, diversity and inclusion, comprehensive on, on every count. Well, but you can't, way, you can't tell me what position. In terms of corruption, the fact that the whole organisation is corrupted to the fact that they don't even include the positions and the heights of players. I mean, that's a that's a form of systemic corruption where they're more <laughs> bothered about updating those bits than the thing they actually sell. Yeah. This is what is wrong with the UK in general. This is why we have <laughs> lack of productivity, because they're all bothered about the wrong things. Yes. <sighs> there we go. <laughs> well, On that positive if you note- do want to know about rugby... Don't go to the RFU, come to us, because we're here 52 weeks a year, and we give you rugby information. One week, or uh, sorry, four weeks on Friday, the World Cup begins. Four weeks. I need to start getting excited. When, when should I start, start getting excited for this? You, you'll, I, I, you'll get excited when the France v New Zealand team gets announced. Yeah, so there's... Uh, I'm not not excited for the reasons you may think. I'm usually not not excited. How oh, that's double negative, that means I am excited. I'm usually not excited. Because I don't like to think about it, so usually I just like to put it to one side and then think about it two days two days before. So yeah, when the France New Zealand teams get announced, I think there will be an inkling of excitement. Then mm. we're going to have to talk about. Uh, you'll get excited as well. I'll tell you what we'll talk about on uh, at some point as well is, is the stash. So I think mm. all of the teams stash. I don't know if George's kit out. That's the, I think that's the one we're waiting for. Just George's kit, and then we've got know, all I've the kit. None of the stash yet. Yeah, it's pro- I've probably seen him. It's not really registered as good. There's, there's some good kids. Some, yeah, some Argentina really away is, is is decent with the sash. Yeah, why not? I, I quite like it. I quite yeah. like it. Um, do you know? I was off on holiday. Where, where did I go? No, I went to Barcelona, and I thought because it's easy jet and you can only have like one sort of thing, um, like carry on hand, hand luggage. The, the item of clothing that I needed the most, in my opinion, was vests. It's nice and warm. Mm-hmm. Um, why not? Ha- why not wear a vest? It takes up no space. That will be your day drinking attire for two days potentially. If, if you've got it, flaunt it. If you've got it, of, of course. Uh, there is that as well. <laughs> so I, I thought, like, which vest should I wear? And I found what I considered to be the ideal vest: the Sam Burgess vest. Well, that is the ultimate <laughs> vest. Unfortunately, you can't get them anymore. But 
Racing 92 vest was oh, delicious. Oh, yes. Now In you're talking. Deep navy blue with a little bit of orange trim and that classic badge. So Now you're talking. I want to know, not who's got the best kit, but who's got the best vest. Because I'm, I'm never going to buy a replica kit right. ever again. But I might buy a vest. Mm. I bet you Fiji's is nice. The Too Fiji, busy. Their kit, their Too Fiji busy. kit is delicious. The Fiji kit is awesome. I want a, either a block... I want something classy, block colour... The Fiji and all South Pacific Island teams tend to be a bit busy with their kits, I find. Like tribal, mm. you know, indigenous patterns and whatnot. Throw them George's deep red, would be, uh, maroon, would be a good one. Oh, sure. Yeah, that would be good. After our um, earlier activity, JB, what about this vest? I love this. Kenya. No Ken- Kenya Olympic vest from a couple <laughs> of years ago. Love it. The, the rugby kit. Of the same ilk is amazing. I'm not sure if that comes in a vest form, though. Oh, yeah. So the, maybe maybe all of the vests are available. Well, not the France vest. I found... This sounds like a really... So there's a, 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 a brand that does powerlifting gear. And there's the French National Powerlifting T-shirt. And I really want it. I really want it. It looks very cool. Yeah, I'm going to have a look for the best vest. And I'll, I'll report back to now, you on excellent. Sunday. How about that for Stash? Oh, that's, that is actually... You see... In context, that looks great. It's amazing. That does look great. We'll talk about Stash a bit more. Right, yes. but that's it. That's uh, let, let us know what you think about the England squad. Contact Chasers at gmail.com. Twitter, patreon.com slash eggchasers for extra spicy content. Let the boys play. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.